Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to another Arse Blog Arsecast on arseblog.oleole.com. Coming up on this show, it's happy, happy, happy all the way. Oh no, I'm mixing it up. Different, different podcast. This one's all doom. Stay tuned. So hello and welcome to another Arse Blog Arsecast. It has been a strange and difficult week for Arsenal fans. Uh, this time last week we were all full of vim and vigour and glee and wonder. Having been through a wonderful week of football. We'd beaten Manchester United, we'd done well in the Carling Cup and we were full of expectation. We were expectant ahead of the Aston Villa game. And now we are... Disexpectant, disinfectant, I don't know. We're not full of glee and wonder and vim and vigor. We're full of bile and that, that terrible gray stuff that comes out when you squeeze a dog's anal glands. If you ever see your dog scooching along the floor, you know, when he you know brings himself forward on his front paws and he's wiping it like he's wiping his arse. That means his anal glands around the side of his rectum need to be squeezed. And if you squeeze it, this terrible, terrible gray stuff comes out. And there is no smell quite as bad as that smell. It's just awful. And if you're really unlucky, it shoots at it, it goes, and you get some of it on your arm, and it's, it's horrible. That's what this week has been like. Theo Walcott is injured, out for three months. We've lost to Villa in an utterly spineless, gutless, horrible performance. William Gallas, the so-called captain, is mouthing off again words which are going to do little to solve any of the problems he sees in the club, but uh, cause more of them. That's what they'll do. So it's been a terrible kind of a week, really. Uh, and the Arsecast, I'm afraid, this week will reflect that. There's not too much of the funny stuff, and you're saying what funny stuff. But, you know, there you go. The attempts at the funny stuff, there aren't too many of those in this week's Arsecast. Coming up, I'll be chatting to the uh, the man from East Lower about uh, the Villa game, about where we go from here, about William Gallas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's really about it. We've got a Mary Bischoff P.I. We've got some of the, uh, the old-style news. But there's no man in the bar this week. He's too depressed. I went to the bar, and he's sitting there rocking back and forwards in the corner, singing Okapi over and over to himself. He's unresponsive, comatose. It's like he's crossed into another dimension. Arsene Wenger Hawkins, he's gone on his travels. I don't know where he is. Bue, I don't know. He's injured. Got a sore mouth. So there's nobody around. And the Arscast will reflect that. 
Sometimes it's just, you know, you're just not in the mood, you know, yourself. So last Saturday against Villa, we had spoken, I think, on the blog, and, and pretty much everybody was of the same opinion, that the win against Manchester United, fantastic as it was, and enjoyable as it was, and let's not forget that it was, would be not worthless, but it would count for nothing much unless we could keep that up and beat Aston Villa. And lo and behold, we lost. 2-0 to Aston Villa. The same team that beat United went out and played dreadfully against Aston Villa. So it's difficult to explain, isn't it? Um, In terms of the quality of the players, they were good enough to beat Manchester United, but not good enough to beat Aston Villa. Where's the difference? Not their footballing ability that's different, is it? It's the attitude uh, and the motivation for the game. That's what's different. A game against Manchester United is a glamorous fixture. Everyone's going to be watching. You're playing against top players. It's easy to motivate yourself when you're playing against guys that, that maybe you don't like so much. And there is, I'm sure, a bit of jealousy, a bit of dislike on part of the Arsenal players looking at some of those Manchester United players. They might not like them because maybe they win things. We've had our run-ins with them in the past. There's a great rivalry between the two managers, the sets of fans, etc., etc. So it's easy to get yourself up for that game and to give that, not even that bit extra, but to give everything you've got. And you saw the results of that. We played well. Uh, we wrote our luck at times, but we won the game. You think to yourself, if Arsenal can go out and play like that against every other team in the league... Uh, then they've got little or no difficulty in winning matches. However, they tend to go out and not play the same way. Uh, in, the, in the way that we saw them against Fulham, in the way that we saw them against Hull and Stoke and maybe Sunderland a bit, where they underestimate, to my mind, they underestimate uh, the quality of the opposition. Or they think that they don't have to work as hard as they did against Manchester United to win the game. And that's a lie. That's a fallacy. It's incorrect. You do have to work that hard. If you work that hard, you'll win the game. The performance on Saturday against Villa was awful. One little scuttery sesk shot, and then I think it was, you know, the 60-minute mark before we had another shot on goal. Remembering these are the same players that were dynamic and forceful and energetic against Manchester United. And... I'm sure the manager has uh, stressed that to them, that they have to do the same things. They have to approach every game the same way. I'm, I'm quite sure Arsene Wenger isn't giving them a different message going out to play Manchester United than he is uh, to play Aston Villa or indeed to play Hull or Fulham or Stoke or whoever. But the players, for whatever reason, have this touch of, well, what can you call it, but arrogance. Clearly the same kind of effort is not being put into a game against Aston Villa or Stoke or, or Sunderland uh, as against Manchester United. And the only inference you can get, uh, gain from that is that they think they don't have to to win the game because they don't believe they go out there thinking, well, I don't care if we win or lose. I think they all want to go out and win, but whatever is in their heads that makes them think they don't have to, to put in the same kind of effort, the same kind of work rate, the same kind of, I don't know. It's very weird. And of course there are issues. There are definitely issues in terms of the quality of some of the players and the quality of the squad, and, and we know that. We all know that. But uh, to go from 
a performance like the one against Manchester United to the one against uh, Aston Villa, well, that's another kind of a problem, isn't it? That's a big mental issue. Arsene Wenger talked about the team being tired. How could they possibly have been tired? They had a week off. It was the kids up playing in the Carling Cup. So overall, really just very uh, depressing and upsetting and and, uh, crap. Really? Crap is a good word for it. I think trying times for everybody associated with the club. The manager, the board, the fans. Maybe not so much for the players. They still get paid at the end of the day. Anyway, um, to talk a little bit more about Villa and to talk uh, a bit about what to do and also to talk about uh, William Gallas, uh, I'm joined now by the man from East Lower. Hello to you. Hello. Now, um, let, let's talk about Aston Villa because I've just been talking about that. But uh, uh, after the game, um, we communicated by the medium of text. Mm-hmm. And, I, and um, you, you described the walk down to the tube uh, as almost like a funeral. It, it, it was a bit like a wake. I, it, it really was. I, I think uh, I, I, it, was, it was one of those games that was just so bad, really. From After about the, a bright 10 minutes, it was it was pretty clear to me that that, that we were probably, you know, not, we're not we weren't probably going to go on and win it. So um, I don't think it was any great surprise when they scored. And then when they scored again, you know, I think everyone was just a little bit uh, resigned to the fact. What do you put defeat down to? Because um, obviously it was the exact same team playing in the same system that played so well against uh, Manchester United and beat Manchester United. So he sends a te- the same team out again, doubtless with the same instructions, but it seemed that there wasn't the same, um, shall we say, gumption? I don't know if that's a good word, but the players didn't seem as up for Aston Villa as they were for Man United. No, that's. I I think that's the most worrying thing about about the Villa game. I mean, f- firstly, Villa were good. I, I really do think they were, and and you know they had their tactics spot on. They caught us on the break, and they won. But bizarrely, given we had five men in midfield, they completely won the midfield. You know, Sidwell and Barry basically had the run of us. And um, so, but but the really worrying thing is exactly exactly what you say is that it, you can go from an absolute high from the Saturday before when everybody put in a good shift, and then you go from from that to a game like the Villa game when really I can't think of any player that that, that put in the performance that that we should expect from them, and I, and I I just don't know how to explain that. Is it a is it a case of uh, a little bit of arrogance on, on the part of the players? They think they don't have to. That's sort of my little theory on it. Uh, it it uh, you know it probably it might be a part partly down to that it, it's probably a uh, combination of about five different factors it could be a combination of arrogance it could be a combination of the squad just not being good enough it could be a combination of uh, uh, the fact that um, uh, that they just you know they, that their confidence is low and that they just somehow are lacking leadership it could be a, a, all sorts of things and I think maybe all of those things have played a part but certainly I think there's something to worry about when you go from a massive high to a massive low in the space of one week and there really is very little explanation Mm, okay um the state of the squad uh not even talking about uh the, the signings that I think we all accept that we need uh but the state of the squad even going into the Manchester City game is a worry Colo Toure's out uh, it looks like Abue is still injured. Bakary Sanya is out. Cesc Fabregas is suspended. Uh, Theo Walcott, as we know, is injured. He's going to be out for three months. Um, we're now looking at a, a situation, I suppose, where we're, we're hoping for somebody like Aaron Ramsey or Jack Wilshire even 
to come in and and do the kind of a job that that we need uh, an experienced player to do. The state of the squad is a bit worrying, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I, I think um, obviously we're beset with injuries, and 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 that's a mitigate. I mean, we we clearly are, but but the fact that we could be calling on a sixteen and a seventeen year old, however bright their futures appear to be, is it's massively worrying, and and um, you know, I mean, actually having you know, Ramsey is put in a good uh, performance by all accounts um, for Wales in midweek, and and he's looked good for us in the games that he's played. But he's seventeen, and 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 Wilshire. I mean, really, it's if people are starting to pin sort of uh, you know the the great white hope thing on Wilshire when he's sixteen, you know, you, you know, there's something wrong, don't you? Mm-hmm. That there is not enough strength and depth there. What about what? The, the the criticisms that might be levelled towards Arsene Wenger because? Fans um, have a level of expectation, um, and I know it's it's very easy to say. Well, you know, we ha- we've gone through periods in the past where we haven't won things, but uh, Arsene Wenger has brought to Arsenal a, a period of sort of unprecedented success uh, and consistency to the club that that we haven't ever experienced before. So he has kind of set that that uh, expectation to that level. Um, fans who have become used to that um, are, are now maybe finding it a bit difficult uh, to cope. Um, what about the criticisms leveled at the manager and, and how do you think he's going to cope with them uh, between now and January when he has a chance to do something about it? Um, I think I think uh, I think he I think he's not immune to criticism and he has to accept some of the criticism that's going to come his, and has been coming his way, to be honest. But uh, I do also think that there's a, I, I do also think that, it, you know, there's this whole thing about not winning the title for four years and. Uh, you know, not having won anything for three years. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a long time, and um, we are generally impatient. But uh, but ve- but th- that said, we the amount of times we've had to um, either on you know on the ask ask cast here or on blogs having to say, you know, we're weak in midfield, we're weak in defence, and and Wenger didn't seem to address it. Then I think he has to accept his fair share of the blame, and and ultimately he has to fix it. And I reckon he's got a month in January to do it. Uh, if he doesn't fix it at all in January, then you really have to start worrying. I, I mean, you're talking about worrying in terms of uh, his future or, or whether, I mean, if he doesn't buy in January, if he doesn't buy in January, then you have to start asking serious questions about uh, his, his future, don't you? Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to have to ask those questions, but if I, it's, do you know, it goes back to the point where everyone's wondering why Arsenal fans are booing so much at the moment. And, and I, think, I think the reason they're booing is that they've seen this squad uh, you know, for the last four months blow hot and cold and they don't really believe that it's going to kind of get much better. And, and I really would like it to. But at the moment, it feels like up and down, up and down, high, low, high, low. And um, I don't think it's I don't think Wenger's future is in, in the balance. I really don't. But uh, it, I'd be a bit worried if nothing ha- nothing changed in the January transfer win- window. And, and, you know, I don't know whether he could afford for nothing to change in a, in a January transfer window. Mm, I suppose Sounds a bit gloomy, doesn't it? I mean, I, I don't want to sound too gloomy. I don't want him to go, and I don't think he should go. I, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely behind him, but I, I just think that he's got that month. He didn't really make that many signings in the summer. In fact, we were down on numbers. And so he, he really needs to do something in that, and I think he probably knows that. And if he doesn't do anything at all, then you really have to ask questions. Okay, yeah, well, that, that, that was kind of my point. I'd love Arsene to, to win us a title again or win us a Champions League, but if he doesn't do something in January when the problems are apparent to me, to you, to every fan and to pundits uh, the world over, well, then that's when you have to start asking questions. Anyway, yeah. uh, William Gallas, um, uh, an interview emerged yesterday in which he made, I thought, 
some some decent points. Um, the 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 point about uh, the the club need to be or the players need to be braver. They need to be warriors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a bit a bit of rhetoric, but it was decent rhetoric. Uh, the other thing is is he was talking about um, uh, an interesting point. I thought was that uh, the money that the Arsenal players are, are paid, the youngsters are paid good money now without actually having done anything to to achieve that money ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, he says it makes a difference. You can rest on your laurels, that's for sure. But in that interview, he came out with some kind of stuff uh, that you really don't want the captain of a football club to come out with. Where he talked about uh, fights, uh, talked about players coming to him, being insulted, etc., etc. He's hinting that it might have been, well, we might uh, speculate that it was Robin Van Persie. Uh, it's a very untimely uh, and unwise kind of an interview to release. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, he... he... He, he does have some valid points and, and maybe if it was an attempt to spur the team on, then, you know, it's kind of backfired, hasn't it? Because he then released this information. It was thinly veiled, really. It, you say it's Van Persie. It probably is. It could be a Bouet. It could be Sanya. Probably unlikely the latter two. So it looks like it could be Van Persie. Uh, yeah, I don't, it's not it's not what a captain should do. And, um, you know, he should keep him to himself. I, I, I don't understand it. And he is a complete loose cannon. And, and how many more chances, uh, you know, is he going to get? Well, this is the question. Let me put it to you like this. If you were the Arsenal manager and he had come out with an interview like that on top of all the other things, what would you do now? Well, I, I think you have to accept that if you remove the cap- captaincy, um, it's pretty much uh, him going as well. So, you know... The, I don't know. You know, it depends whether you want that at this stage or not. But I, I do think that I do think it's got to the point where he he's not played well this season. Okay, it's not all been his fault, and he has been made a bit of a scapegoat. You know, some of the other players haven't played that well either. But ultimately, he hasn't played well. He hasn't led the team well. He's done some bizarre things. And how you know is he really a decent captain of Arsenal when we're you know when we're under a bit of pressure? Is he the kind of bloke you want? I'm not really sure. I don't. I don't think he is actually. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I think what we all said last season was that he'd done a good job up until that Birmingham game. Uh, but it's easy to be a good captain of a winning team. It's when you're when your back's against the wall that people find out what you're made of. And at that Birmingham game, and from then on, uh, he was found wanting, in my opinion. And this interview here, 
where he seems to me, what it seems to me is that uh, he's trying to uh, shift criticism onto other players to deflect criticism away from himself uh, rather than for any constructive reason. And the, and the other quote, which was, uh, which was incredible to me, uh, he says, I have to win something this year. I have to win something. Arsenal have to win something. I think mm. it's telling that he says, I have to win something first. Well, and also it's telling that when they said to him, will you be there next year? He said, oh, I don't know. I mean, is that the kind of thing you want your captain to be saying? I mean, Mm. it's ludicrous. It really, really is. And the other thing which is interesting is that uh, when two players came to him and said, you know, X is mouthing off, um, X told Gallas to fuck off, basically. Mm. So what does that tell you about Gallas? I don't know. I think he has been. I don't think all of the problems of Arsenal are down to him. Let me get that straight. I think he's played. he's, He's been infuriating. He's played brilliantly one game and. And rubbish the next. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't think it's all his fault. But ultimately, is he the best man to be captain? I don't think he is. Well, I mean, it comes down to it, doesn't it? That, you know, at the end of the day, nobody's saying all our problems this season are down to Gallas. But if the team lacks leadership, you look to the captain. And if the results don't go well, you look to the manager. And those are the places where the book stops, isn't it? So Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it is. It is. I suppose it is. Um, and that's the bottom line. And ultimately, you have to say, uh, is he a good enough captain for Arsenal Football Club? I don't think he is. I'd love to, in some ways, if if the pressure was off and he had a better sort of stopper defender with him, maybe he'd completely come out of his shell. But I have a funny feeling if you take the captaincy off him, he's gone. Take it off him. <laughs> I'm not joking. Seriously. Well, I think I think it will come to that. Whether it comes to that in January, I don't know. I'd be very surprised if he was captain of Arsenal next season. Right, Manchester City tomorrow. Uh, I suppose the one thing that we do have going for us is that they are as wildly inconsistent as we are. Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's exactly it's the classic thing now where I I look at tomorrow's fixture um, and I think uh, can we beat Man City? Yes, we could, and we might well go out and absolutely wallop them. But on the other hand, I think, could we lose to them? Yeah, unfortunately, I think we probably could. And I don't honestly know. I have no idea. But we, we could go there and get them, you know, and win by three goals. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. And Van Persie's back, of course, which does make a difference. Where he plays now, whether he'll play him in a five-man midfield, or do you think he'll play two up front, given the fact that we don't really have any midfielders? <laughs> I think we will probably will play two up front. Uh, yeah, I think we probably will. But... Um, how our midfield lines up is really anyone's guess at this stage. And we are, you know, uh, riddled with injuries, which is a real shame. So, but what, what can, you know, what can you, you just, you can only go with what you've got. I, I think Ramsey might get a start on Saturday. I really do. Yeah, I would, I'd like to see that too, I think. All right. Uh, man from East Lower, thank you very much. You are welcome. Thank you very much to the man from East Lower, and we will catch up with him on another Arscast soon. Check out his blog, which is, of course, at www.eastlower.co.uk. William Gallus, what can you say? What can you say? There are many words, actually, that you could say, but none of them suitable for a family show like this one. More thoughts on today's blog, but basically, uh, the good things that he said were wiped out by the bad things that he said, and the captain of a football club shouldn't come out and say things like that. In fact, nobody, no player at a football club should come out and reveal that kind of detail about that infighting, the fact that he's tried to deflect the blame... Um, that he's making it all about him again. I don't know. He's just a strange, strange man. I've never been a fan, as you know. I'm even less of a fan now. And people have accused me of having an anti-Gallus agenda. Well, fine. If you want to accuse me of that, fine. That's not a problem. I just don't like the guy. I don't think he's good for Arsenal as a captain. 
Maybe he might have been decent for us as a player. Maybe some of the stuff that happened around the time that uh, he left Chelsea that we thought was just Chelsea being bitter and and, uh, accusatory. Well, maybe it's just in his nature to be a a, a bit of a prick. Because, you know, he seems to be just a bit of a prick. Dress it up whatever way you want, but, you know, down the time he's been at Arsenal... He's just been a a prick. Did you know an anagram of William Gallus Cappy is a magic ill will, a sap? Truer words have never been anagrammed, you know. There was bad news for Arsenal today as the entire first team squad was wiped out in a fight to the death at the training ground. The argy-bargy was sparked by comments made by Captain William Gallus in the London Times in which he called his teammates work-shy rascals. Chairman Peter Hillwood said, Oh, this is a right fucking pain in the chuff, let me tell ya. The club are expected to forfeit their next three fixtures, which will improve results considerably. Uh, good evening, Arsenal. Um, it's Mike from Edgeware. I'm not so sure whether this will get in time for this week's podcast, but I just wanted to react to the comments I've seen of William Gallus attributed to him in tonight's London Evening Standard, where he's complaining about an incident at the uh, half-time of the North London derby. He's inferring that a 25-year-old player, because he has got the balls to name him, uh, abused some of the other players who turned on him. Well, unless he's maths wrong, I'm thinking of inferring Sam Percy. He's also uh, suggested as well that the contracts are too fat for some of these players. Well, ironically enough, Sam Percy just negotiating a new contract as we speak. Um, unfortunately for me, though, it just shows that Gallus is the wrong person, yet again, for the captaincy, because he has been criticised and he's now trying to deflect that criticism by blaming a player, another player, one away from himself. Um, I know it's obvious, and I'm not saying anything new, but this man has got to be stripped of the captaincy and maybe even the three place in the team as well, because his captaincy has veered from one disaster to another. He can't end soon enough. Oh, and uh, by the way, obviously you never went to Arsenal on Saturday, so the curse has been lifted and you can come back. Cheers. Uh, thanks to Mike. That came in last night, uh, very late, and I think it probably sums up what a lot of Arsenal fans uh, are thinking about William Gallas and his comments. And it'll be interesting to hear what Arsene Wenger has to say. Uh, no doubt there'll be something in today's press conference um, about Gallas's comments. Um, it'll be, I don't know, how can he back him now after what he said? How can he back him as captain of this football club? How can he send him onto the pitch to lead those players? Something's got to give. I think something has got to give. And uh, maybe it's Gallus has just made things a bit easier uh, for Wenger to do something about it. Maybe. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, Theo Walcott, as we know, is injured for three months. I thought Wenger was going to go spare. I thought he was going to go absolutely mental. Yeah, uh, but he says he's not going to look for compensation. He says, I haven't thought about it. In a moment like that, you don't think about money. You think about how you can replace the player. You think whether the squad can deal with it. I haven't thought at all about compensation. We know that the FA have got insurance um, for players that get injured while they're away on international duty. So I think it would be foolish of the club not to seek compensation. If Theo was out for a week or two weeks, well, You'd leave it be, but three months is a long time to be without a player like Theo, and uh, I think we should look for compensation, uh, particularly 
uh, as the injury was uh, picked up on friendly international duty. So he says he's got no big problem with the FA, etc., etc., but he was slightly critical uh, of the timing of this round of uh, fixtures. He's looking to FIFA to say who gets injured after they play Friday and Tuesday, etc., etc., but uh, I thought he was going to go a bit more mad, I have to say. Uh Eduardo, he's on his way back. He'll be uh, in first-team training next week, which is good. Uh, he doesn't solve any of the problems we have in defense or in, in midfield, but uh, after a long road back, it'll be good to see him in an Arsenal shirt again. Ahead of the game against Manchester City, uh, we are obviously uh, in a bit of a pickle. We've got no Colo Turi, we've got no Theo Walcott, no Cesc Fabregas. Uh, we've got Van Persie back. Carlos Vela only comes back from Mexico tomorrow or today i think so it'll be interesting to see and obviously midfield as we already discussed with the man from east lower is where the uh the uh, selection is going to be a lot more interesting than usual will we see ramsey will jack wilshire get a game who will he play on the right hand side of midfield who will he play in the center of midfield i think without fabregas he's going to play three in the center of midfield I think he might play Nasri on the right. So we might see Song, Denilson, Diaby with Nasri on the right and Van Persie on the left of a kind of a 4-5-1 or a 4-4-1-1 kind of a thing. Um, which I suppose sums up um, the weakness of the options that he's got, that he probably won't trust uh, a midfield of Denilson and um, Alex Song, which is understandable as well. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Manchester City can fluctuate between very, very good and very, very bad. And we have to hope that they're having one of their very, very bad days uh, tomorrow, I think. Um, Adi Bayorn Van Persie back. So we've got the potential for goals. But, you know, we've got the potential to let them in at the other end as well. So uh, really, that's about it for this Arscast. There's not much else to talk about. Only to hope that tomorrow we can pick things up. Um, that Gallas' comments don't... Uh, cause damage because they have the potential to do that uh, because I think it's fairly obvious who he's talking about um, I think uh, it was foolish of him to bring it up to make it public uh, and once it is in public then it's going to cause tensions within the squad and I'm sure there are tensions and disappointments and arguments already if if we heard about the uh, the shouting matches after the Spurs game and that's understandable in the heat of the moment but when those things have uh, have calmed down and things are more back on an even keel. To bring it up again in public is going to do nothing uh, to help morale. So you just got to hope that they don't cause us damage on the pitch tomorrow and that we have a good Arsenal, that the proper Arsenal turns up. Uh, although what the proper Arsenal is at this stage, I don't know. So uh, apologies for this Arsenal because it's been terribly negative and down in the dumps, but that's just the way the football has been this week. Hopefully, this time next week, we'll all be much more disposed to having a bit of a laugh and being in good spirits uh, fingers crossed eh? come on the arsenal talk to you on next week's Arscast and of course uh, on the blog, alright cheers, bye bye
Dear Santa, this is John in Dublin, and I am age six. I'm writing the letter to you a bit earlier than normal because I'm afraid you'll get loads of letters and you won't get a chance to read mine. I hope all is well with you and that all the reindeers are well, especially the one with the red nose. What's his name? Sir Alex Ferguson. This year for Christmas, I don't want anything for me. I want something for someone else. So I hope you can make it come true. I was wondering if you could get a big bag of money and give it to Arsene Wenger. And then, if you could make Arsene Wenger think that it's a good idea to spend that money and not spend it on things like cast iron pots and pans and casserole dishes out of Marks and Spencers, but on good football players to play for Arsenal, that'd be brilliant. Also, if it's not too much to ask, could you get some driving lessons for William Gallas? You know them ones where you can learn how to drive a Formula One car? And if you could make the ghost of Ayrton Senna his teacher, that'd be great. Well, that's it for my letter. I hope you don't get stuck in too many chimneys, you fat cunt. Thanks a lot, Santa. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 